Tonight's show is brought to you by Onyx Cave Park, the Eureka Springs and North Arkansas Railway, the 1886 Crescent Hotel and Spa, Bendetti Optics, and you, our listeners. They told me to do it. I'm getting paid to do it. Why the heck not? So we did it. And there you go. That smelled like unicorn butts when we were done. What is up, all of you wayward souls, and welcome back to the Wayward Stories podcast. Wayward Stories is the podcast where we tell the tales of our adventures in wandering and wondering. How are y'all doing this week? Y'all, I've had a heck of a week. Um, It was a very wild week. It was a finals week. Um, Lots and lots and lots and lots going on, but... I had a little something added to that this week. I kind of hinted at it at the end of the last episode. You may remember me mentioning that um had a little bit of a special treat coming up for the next episode. Well, that's tonight. And um, we're about to tell you all about it. And it took a great deal of four very dedicated days um, to accomplish over the last few days. I am in here by the seat of my pants tonight. And I'm telling you guys, you want to talk about cutting it to the wire? cutting it to the wire, but we're going to get it done and get it out for you guys. But before we get started, let's talk about a little bit of housekeeping. It'll be short housekeeping tonight. Very, very short. Okay. Because we have a lot to talk about tonight. Um, But the first thing I want to point out is, you know, remember last episode I mentioned, well, over the last two episodes, you know, we started out with the uh, um, self-rescue episode, and I talked about thinking about adding some patches to your pack, you know, that if you had EpiPens or you had any kind of uh, medication specific to you that could save your life, like labeling that patch. So if you're ever found unconscious out there on a trail, somebody has, you know, access to what you need to administer to possibly save your life. Well, I talked about last week that our buddy, Robert Solomon, had these awesome patches he was putting together for his tactical and hiking gear. And anyway, so he listens to the show. He heard that, appreciated the heck out of me shouting that out. So guess what shows up in my mailbox? Some 3x5 patches, Velcro patches, Sharpie Markable, the very things that I talked about. And I have marked on one here for you to see tonight if you are watching this episode on YouTube. You can see that I did a very poor representation of a, of a medical cross there and wrote EpiPen just for an example. I don't actually need an EpiPen, but you know what? Somebody sends you some stuff. You just use it right now. We're using this for an example and you can kind of see that. So you guys, if you have any interest in doing this, you can see the Velcro on the back there. Um, go over to Instagram.com forward slash Solomon.dry.goods, and you can check out some of this stuff and get in contact with him directly if you uh, want this or any other amazing gear that he puts out because this guy does it handcrafted. I, I did a review of it. Go to YouTube, go look through my YouTube videos. You'll find a review of some of Solomon's stuff that I did. It is well, well built. It's handcrafted. It is super cool stuff. And thank you, Robert, for sending this my way. Um, I'm going to put this stuff to use. It is super cool, super fun. Um, What is the other thing? Oh, yes. The one other thing I wanted to touch on in housekeeping. I told you I'd keep it short and sweet tonight. We got a lot to do. Um, Please like and subscribe, y'all. Please rate and review. Like, if you're listening to this on Apple, if you're listening to this on Stitcher, Spotify, doesn't matter where you're listening, please go over there and um, leave a review. If you guys could leave a review, it helps this show in ways you can't understand. We've gotten a couple of new ones here in the last few weeks, and guess what? 
downloads went up. That's how the algorithm works. Okay. These things are set up to, if things are getting attention, if things are getting good reviews, then the podcast player bumps up the visibility and I show up in more returns and searches for outdoor, for travel, for all those kinds of things. So if you guys really enjoy the show and you really want to support us and help keeping me motivated to keep making it and, you know, possibly someday getting paid so I can really do this, you know, because that would be super awesome. Just go leave rate and review, um, go leave a rating and a review. That would be awesome. Um, a subscription is also awesome. Those things are all helpful. Share the YouTube videos if you'd like. That happens pretty regularly. And every time I do, I see a substantial um, spike in views or listens. And all that stuff is super helpful for the show. So if you want to support us, please go and do that. And you always will have my gratitude. Eternally, you will have my gratitude. So let's get into tonight's show. Look at that. We kept it under five minutes, y'all. We kept housekeeping under five minutes. I'm kind of proud of me. Okay. So anyway, what are we going to talk about tonight? What have I done dedicated the last four days to that, um, you know, really <laughs> made for a tough week with finals and all that? Um, well, you know what? You guys may have noticed over the years that what I'm trying to do here, this is my side hustle. Like I have a real job. I do real things, you know, going to college, all those things. We've talked about it. Um, but this is my side hustle because I love doing it. You know, if I never get paid a day in my life to make this podcast, I'm going to keep making it because I absolutely love connecting with you guys. I love sharing stories. This is what I am. It's what I do. I'm a storyteller. And um, yeah, there's a part of me that would love to do this for a living. I think anyone who is creative, who writes, who takes, you know, pictures, who does photography, who, who tells stories, who podcasts, like we're creative people. We like to create, we like to create products to, to hand down to the next person and say, here, I hope you enjoy this as much as I enjoyed making it. Right. That's what we do. Um, and I got a taste of what it would be like to actually do that, mm, you know, professionally over the last four days, a couple of weeks ago, well, closer to a month ago, I applied for a collaboration opportunity. You guys may remember way back when I started doing some um, collaboration stuff with Sherpa.com, started contributing some articles to them. Well, I scored a collaboration opportunity over the last four days with the 1886 Crescent Hotel in Eureka Springs. Any of you here in the United States, um, or especially here in the South and the Southeast, a lot of you may have heard of Eureka Springs, Arkansas. It is a incredibly cool little town. It is a super awesome town. I love it there. I've always loved it there. I like to go through there every so often, but I've never really got to spend any substantial amount of time there, like really spend time there. Usually it's a day trip, just passing through, jump into town, grab something to eat, check out a few things, get out of town. Well, I scored this collaboration opportunity and was offered, you know, the opportunity to come up there and stay at the Crescent for a few days and experience everything. And uh, not only that, get paid to do it. Um, and it was glorious. Like everything that follows hereafter is only going to accomplish one of two things. You are either going to be really, really enthralled with all the stories I have to tell, or you're going to absolutely hate me because you're so jelly because I would be jelly of me. Like y'all, this was like, I like my jaw dropped. I was so excited that, that I scored this collab that they chose me super excited about it and spent a few days really, really thoroughly exploring the Crescent and Eureka Springs. And that's going to be tonight's episode. Tonight's episode is probably going to sound like a giant paid advertisement for Eureka Springs and the Crescent Hotel. And I assure you it is not. 
Um, that is the articles that I'm going to be writing over the next few days. Have to pump out four of those guys. And I'm going to be writing those and getting them out on Sherpa and sharing them on all of my social media platforms. So you guys be looking for those. Um, that's what I got paid for. This episode is literally me. Well, what is this? What is this show, guys? What have we really come to understand about Justin in this show at this point? This is a kind of journal of my life and my journey since the bad stuff happened five years ago and, and what I've been trying to do with myself and where I'm trying to take myself in the future. It's really just kind of become like an audio journal of a sort of my life and me trying to share it with you guys to hopefully, um, you know, get some of you guys prompt some of you guys to get up off your butts and, and maybe think about remaking your lives. If things aren't going the way you want them to get out there and live, you know, chase those dreams, chase your passions, right? Well, this is kind of, you know, in a way, this is right in line with that. What have I been trying to do for the last several years? I've been trying to be a storyteller. I've been trying to to bring everything I want to talk about, the way that I see the world, the way that everything through my eyes, through my mind, through my words, I've been trying to bring it to you guys. You know, this is just what I love to do. And anyway, I scored this collaboration and here we are, guys, we, we, we got a big win. We got a big win. You know, it's not the hugest win. It's not it's not the be all end all. I didn't just score a career, but I scored a freelance piece of work that was a super awesome one. And, you know, we're going to talk about it because this show's all about travel and exploration and, and getting out there and seeing and doing and literally just experiencing everything this world has to experience. And I assure you, Eureka Springs, Arkansas is its whole own experience for any of you who don't know about it. Go Google it. There's plenty of information online. I mean, listen to this episode first. Of course, you're going to hear a lot of good stuff right here tonight. But get online and Google it. Look at the pictures. I mean, it's called the the Little Switzerland or America's Little Switzerland. It is built on the side of a damn mountain, y'all. And it is really, really, really picturesque and beautiful. Now, wasn't so much when they first built it because they had to build it with something and they basically denuded the entire top of the freaking mountain there or the two mountains that Eureka Springs kind of straddles and lies in between. And there was a lot of really cool buildings, but like not many trees and a lot of dirt. Um, but now we've had 120, 30, 40 years, 150 years for, you know, all these trees to grow up. And now you have this amazing, amazing little hamlet of a sort with all of these Victorian era original Victorian era houses dotting the hills and the landscapes and the and the mountainside and in an entire downtown district mind you okay an entire downtown district that is on the national register of historic places the entire downtown okay Eureka Springs and that's something we're going to talk about tonight is a little bit of the history and I kind of just started it so we'll just go ahead and roll with that we're going to kind of just roll with that and uh work on the history of it here but it was founded in 1879. Okay, but originally, what was going on? I'm an anthropologist, right? What am I about here? Originally, the Osage tribe of Native Americans inhabited this region for a couple hundred years, right? And they knew about this little place with a crap ton of springs. Well, there's 64 to be exact that we are aware of. Um, and they considered them to have healing waters. And, you know, by a lot of accounts and some signed affidavits, as a matter of fact, um, they might very well have some healing properties. They're very mineral rich springs that come out of the side of this mountain and the karst photography, all of this limestone that, that is so ubiquitous with the Ozark mountains of Northern Arkansas and South, um, Southern Missouri. But anyway, the Osage had this right and they loved it and they protected it fiercely. Okay. And the Osage, they were a little bit of a warring 
nation. Like they, they didn't take no crap off anyone. Let's just put it that way. You know, they, they had their stuff, they took care of their business and they didn't take no crap. No one pushed them around. Right. They were big guys. You know, they were like six foot tall men. They were big dudes and they didn't mess around, but they extended an invitation to all of the other Indian nations that were around them and other tribes locally that, Hey, this, this is a gift from God. We consider this a gift from the great spirit, right? We consider this a gift from above. No man can own this. We extend the invitation. You may come and use these under two, you know, um, stipulations. One, you can't bring weapons into this area. And number two, you cannot counsel to make war within this area. If you can follow those rules, you can come partake of these waters. And they held themselves to that. It's really kind of a cool story. Well, then here comes, you know, the westward expansion, the colonialism that um, America is so famous for, as well as England and a lot of other places. But as it came along and the Trail of Tears started to come on and under pressures from our federal government, of course, they just had to move west. And just like all of the natives of the southeast did, all of the tribes, basically anyone anywhere had to move to the west. Um, and before they left, though, they hid these springs. They tried to cover them up. They covered them with brush. They did a lot of things to try to protect them from the encroaching white man, which is a smart move. Like, that's a move. It's a good play. Um, but anyway, it did not stay hidden for very long. And it wasn't but 20 years or so. Okay, I may not get that exactly right. But it wasn't very long before they were discovered again um, and found to have for the white man just as healing of properties. And around that time, you guys ever noticed how many towns and cities in the United States have the name Springs in them and how many of those places have either ancient resorts or at one time had resorts around them. This was a whole thing in the late, you know, 1800s, the late 19th century. These people like people were all about this and they'd put up hotels. They'd put up springs, spas, resorts. They would turn these things into like tourist destinations, come to the healing springs. And of course, there'd be a few charlatans pop up, a few snake oil salesmen. It's the same old song and dance over and over again. That's what I love about history, man. There's patterns emerge. It's easy. It's easy once you get to looking around and seeing it for yourself. But anyway, this happened with Eureka Springs, of course. And then the Frisco Railway got involved. They got some businessmen who were like, you know what? We can make a lot of money off these springs and they got the Frisco Railway involved and they got a spur built to Eureka Springs and started cranking out this spring water by the billions of gallons all over the place. That's a huge exaggeration, but you follow what I'm saying. And um, anyway, around it, Frisco was all about it. They brought a railway into town and with that, a lot of business interests got involved and not long after the Crescent Hotel was born in 1886. This happened in 1883 when the Frisco completed their line, started taking the water out, which by the way, created the Ozarka bottling company, Ozarka water bottling company. Ever had a bottle of Ozarka water? It's probably in the refrigerator down at your local convenience store right now. Now it's bottled in Texas. By the way, you may not know this, but if you drink Ozarka water, you're drinking purified um, Dallas municipal water, by the way, but it used to be Eureka Springs water until the Frisco railway pulled out and they decided, hey, like we need to consolidate operations and go over into the Indian Territory, into Oklahoma, into Texas, because there's these uh, gas fields and oil fields. And they were having some big booms over there. And there's a lot of money to be made cranking and pulling crude oil in and out of those oil fields, right? So anyway, they gave up their holdings of the Ozarka Bottling Company. And eventually it was sold to a company in Texas. The name was sold anyway. And unfortunately, the springs in town became so polluted by people living in the area that they were no longer fit for bottling 
anyway. But that's kind of a short synopsis of Eureka Springs, Springs. But what's really interesting about it is in the way that it has an entire downtown that's on the National Register of Historic Places, which makes it an incredible place to just hang out and explore if you like history or you love really, really beautiful ornate buildings, Victorian era ornate buildings. Eureka Springs had like four great fires, as did most any city in the United States. Um, but somehow it appears that the greatest fire they had was in 1888. Okay. And what that allowed is the entire town to be rebuilt in the same Victorian style. And most of it has survived to this day. There's been a few fires since that one, but none of them destroyed everything like so many fires did, um, in those days in that era. Um, so they kind of, they kind of dodged the bullet. They kind of got their bad luck out of the way early. And now they've got over 2000 buildings in this little town that are all Victorian age. And they are well preserved. They are well taken care of. They are quite proud of them. And y'all, it's literally like stepping back in time. Yeah, there's all the modern conveniences, but just you feel like you're walking into a movie set. That's that's a good way to put it. You feel like you're walking into a movie set because it's not like most old cities where you go in and it's like, oh, you find hmm, a Victorian era building here, an old building there, um, because most of that block burned down and that's the one that survived. And somehow it made it to today. You know, they'll be dotted throughout the old downtowns and some of the landscape. You'll find a few here and there. Fort Smith is very much that way where I live. There's a few cool old buildings left, but nothing like what existed once. And you have to kind of go and find them, right? You can go downtown and see a decent handful of them, but a lot of buildings there are not nearly Victorian age and they kind of isolate the ones that are. Um, Eureka Springs, not so much. It's every damn building in that town basically is 120, 130, 140 years old. It's amazing. Super, super cool. Um, and anyway, I think I mentioned, yeah, the entire town downtown's on the national register is founded in 1879. And anyway, around what you need to know now today is y'all, it is one happening place. It is a awesome place. It is a beautiful place. It caters to the tourist. There are a lot of things going on. There's something happening every weekend. This last weekend, this last few days while I was there, they had the spring fling going, which is a biker rally type of thing that was going on. The Alcoholonomics, Alcoholics Anonymous meeting was in town. Those guys were everywhere um, wandering around. They had um, ooh ooh chainsaw carving thing going on, like some kind of a big chainsaw carving event was going on. Like there's always something happening in Eureka, y'all. And it's a really cool place, really hospitable people. Um, and it's a great time. It's a great time. It's really a unique experience. And I got the distinct pleasure of getting to do that. Like for the last three to three days, three and a half days, I got to go up there and spend a bunch of time there and get to experience damn near. I mean, most of the biggest stuff. I mean, there's a good handful of stuff that, that got left on the table because I simply didn't have time. And I had a obligation to the Crescent Hotel to cover X number of things that they were the most interested in. Right. And beyond that, when I had windows of time, I would fit in some other stuff. And so that's how this weekend went. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. So let's get into the first place that I went. Now you've got a good background and a good idea of what's going on in Eureka. And y'all, all of y'all should consider going to check out Eureka Springs. Seriously, come to my state, come to Eureka Springs, come spend your money. If you're going to go spend your money somewhere, come spend it here. It's an experience you won't forget. Um, anyway, first place that I went to, not not linked to the Crescent in any way, shape, or form, actually, but is Onyx Cave Park. And I went there for a specific reason. One, I love caves, right? And I love history. 
That's simple enough. Love caves, love history. But I'm trying to put together themes right in my head because I've got four articles to write and I need themes for these articles. And one of the themes I had in mind was something along the lines. I'm still not settled on it yet come because I haven't written that article yet, but something like underworld to the underground or the underground to the underworld, because in Eureka Springs, you've got this great haunted history. It's a big part of Eureka. You've got the Haunted Crescent Tour. You've got the Haunted Eureka Underground Tours, the downtown tour that's haunted underground. You've got a lot of stuff that has to do with the underground, hence underworld, right? But you've also got a lot of other things going on in Eureka, like you have this Onyx Cave just outside of town, just a few minutes up the road. A good portion of Eureka Springs is underground because, well, the top, the topography. And back in the old days, They just kept having mudslides come down. You remember how I said it was denuded? They took all the trees. Well, what happens when you don't have any trees to to hold the mud on the side of the hill? No trees, no grass. Well, you have mudslides when a lot of rain comes. So essentially, Eureka Springs got built up to where most of the building or a good portion of the buildings in downtown, where you go in now at street level, in your mind, you're going in the first floor. You're actually going in the second floor from street level. Because there's a whole level below you that basically was buried in all of this mess. And most of them use it as a basement. And some of them have an actual basement below that one as it was originally built. So you have this whole underground Eureka situation going on. And it was just like, I thought that's a really cool theme. So if I can tie in some other things like Onyx Cave, you know, because that's underground, then I've got a whole theme. I've got a lot of stops to work into this adventure for this little um, article I'm going to write. So I go to Onyx Cave Park. And this is a really cool idea. This is a cool adventure idea for some of you guys, especially those of you that have families. If you want to go to Eureka and you've got families, this is a good place to go. This is a really cool place. They have, obviously, it's a self-guided underground cave tour. It is the oldest toured cave in Arkansas. I think it was discovered in 1891. Well, let me see here. I got their brochure. Let me just knock off these things. Discovered in 1891 and toured toured since 1893. And it's really cool. It's a self-guided tour. They tell you what's going to happen at the top. They hand you some headphones. They get you started with the headphones and it talks you through it as you go. But basically what they have in there is a lot of amazing cave formations. They've got a lot of awesome history. Again, this was discovered in 1891. There's several caverns. They're not for sure how far it goes. A lot of exploration has been done and a lot more is yet to be done but they've got some great exhibits in there they've got an awesome a lot of awesome underground cave formations and i mean there's even like at one point it was prepared for being a fallout shelter maybe you guys remember the 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 cold war okay well some of you may not remember it maybe you've read about it in your history books but some of you of an older generation might very well remember the cold war and tensions were high constantly and there was real serious concern You know, the things we're concerned about today, well, back then it was nuclear war with Russia and it would have been ugly. Um, And so there was all these plans, you know, people, the government was trying to figure out where do we put everyone if the bombs start falling? You know, what if fallout becomes a real life event? Um, And this was one place that was supposed to be, hey, this could be a great place. Anyway, they've got a whole little display down in there of MREs. I got a really cool picture of that, of MREs and, and some gas masks and things like that you know, that were a part of that. So there's a lot of history down in there. There was a moonshine in there at one point or a, a yeah, moonshine still in there at one point, a lot of cool stuff down in that cave. It's a really neat little tour, totally worth the few dollars. It's a, it's a totally, totally economical 
choice to go and have a good time. The kids will love it. The staff there was super friendly. Y'all, they were super good to me. Had a good time talking to them. And for your kids, they have a lot of other stuff too. Um, they have axe throwing. They have gym panning. Like, you know, they give you a bag of stuff. The kids go out there into a sluice they have built and they sluice. And after they go through the bag, they're going to have a bunch of really cool little gyms and geodes in it. I mean, that's kind of gotten to be a big thing here lately. And they've got a cool little setup for that. Got a setup for axe throwing. They have a smash room. Now this was a new concept to me and y'all need to know about this because I'm all about some some catharsis. You remember us going over several, several episodes ago, I was trying to get it figured out what cathartic is. I was, I was kind of using it wrong. You know, I was using it as therapy, which is what it is. But catharsis is like when you like have an extreme outburst of emotions, like ugly cry. That's a cathartic thing is to have like an ugly cry. Well, it's like a thing now. Smash rooms apparently are a thing now. And it's where you go take like a baseball bat. 20 bucks and they give you a bunch of stuff to beat to pieces which sounds awesome to me i didn't do that but i would love to do that and that sounds like a good time like 20 dollars, and you get like 20 things and it's like big old you know vases and this and that and you just smash the shiz out of it how much fun would that be so they've got that there they've got a bunch of cool little stuff be a whole lot of fun for everyone a whole lot of fun for your kids and it's a cave a self-guided cave caves are always fun the oldest toured cave in Arkansas. There's a lot of history there. It's a great time. I had a great time there, and it was a great part of the adventure. So you guys consider that. If you're here in Arkansas, southern Missouri, you know, if you guys get into day trips, if you're trying to get your kids out, as I have been, my daughter and I have been having some amazing adventures, and they're going to start making it into some episodes soon, as soon as, as, soon as there's enough to really turn into a whole episode. Um, we're going to talk about some of that. We've been having a great time, but this would be a good one to take the kids and go check out the Onyx Cave Park just out of side of Eureka Springs. And I had a really good time there. So I had like this whole itinerary, right? I had to put together an itinerary before I went because I had a lot of ground to cover and I have an obligation to fulfill, right? I have to meet certain amount of stops, certain amount of pictures, certain amount of et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, certain amount of words. These are things I have to do. So I've got to go in here with a game plan, right? And this was the game plan. So I get to, I come to town on Thursday morning, um, go into Onyx Cave Park, check out the park, come back into town and, and get checked in at, um, the Crescent Hotel. And they were, God, the Crescent, y'all, the Crescent's awesome. Like I said, tonight's going to sound like probably an advertisement, like a paid advertisement for the Crescent, but this episode is not, this is just, you know me, if I have a great time somewhere, I'm going to tell you I had a great time. If I didn't have a good time somewhere, I'm going to say, I'm probably going to be nice. I'm going to say... Uh, it wasn't really for me. You know, that's just in code for I'm too damn nice to say that that was a garbage experience, right? Well, if I'm telling you how good it is, though, it really was that good because I kind of stand by my word and I want y'all to know about it because I want y'all to experience it, too. The Crescent was awesome. Y'all, you want to talk about stepping back in time, stepping back into history, 1886. This thing, it really is its own experience. It's almost like its own self-contained world. It, you step inside of it and you feel like you're somewhere else. You kind of do. It was kind of dreamlike. Right now, it even feels kind of like it was a dream. And I'm not talking like, I mean, maybe that's being a little sensationalistic. I'm not trying to be sensationalistic. I don't mean like it was just, you know, just like glowy and amazing. No, it was just the history. Like, there's so much history. It's a beautiful place. The staff was incredible. Everyone there was super cool, which is nice in today's world. Um, everything was awesome. Like, it was just a really, really cool experience. You just wander around the hotel and see all of these freaking 140-year-old fixtures or however many years that is. And it's got so much history. And everyone there knows the history. 
and you guys know me, I'm all about history. I'm that guy, right? I'm that guy. So I was talking to all of them people. What you know? What you going to tell me about? And they all, all had the stuff. They all had the stories. They all had the knowledge. And man, it was just cool. It was a whole experience. And I'm going to point out as we go through a lot of this, some of the stuff that came along with staying at the Crescent. Crescent's probably bougier than the old Wayward Sun's normally going to stay somewhere. You guys know me. I'm definitely about the wilderness. I'm definitely about the outdoors. That's most of what I do because it's also really, really cheap, right? But hey, when you're getting paid to come live the high life for a minute and write about it, you're going to come live the high life for a minute and write all about it. And I'm going to talk about it tonight. So anyway, I kind of was saying that because the next thing I'm looking at on my itinerary here was dinner at the Crystal Dining Room at La China, right? It's fancy all of its own. Um, but that was one of the things on the list is I need to cover all the mills that were going to go down. You know, it's all a part of the deal. Well, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I haven't had food that good since I think I was in California. I told you guys many times how food in San Francisco area out there on the West Coast was like a whole different breed. Like real food is like $30 a plate, but it was worth every penny. Like you could just tell, you could just tell it wasn't garbage food. It tasted amazing. It settled well. It digested well. Like it didn't have gas all night. You know, I wouldn't run in the ghost out of the room with, with, with taco farts. That wasn't going down because it was real food. Like it was real food and it was really good. I sampled a couple of things. One of them was Italian herb encrusted pot roast. How freaking bougie is that? It was pot roast and it was very Italian urban crusted and it was tasty as hell. That's exactly what it was. And also a chicken carbonara ish is what it was called. And all I know is it was chicken. It was like noodles. It was tasty. It's very tasty, but here's like the coolest thing. It was a super cool experience. Here's the thing. It's like a super fancy dining hall, right? You got like this vibe. You go in like, dang, this is like, this is way too fancy for me, but it's like super casual. It's super chill. Everyone in there is a tourist, right? I'm in there in my basketball shorts, t-shirt, you know, whatever. No big deal. That was everyone in there, except for the wait staff who were dressed to the nines and treated you with like all the best professional, you know, etiquette. It was awesome. Super cool. But here's the thing that really got me. Okay. I was like, listen, if I'm going to be doing this, I got to write up an article. I really got to test everything out. Right. I got to do this right. Right. Well, they had this thing. It was called an iron skillet chocolate chip cookie. And what that amounted to was a cookie the size of a dinner plate baked in a flat iron skillet and then topped with ice cream (laughs) and served piping hot. And I don't know, like I've never been like the guy that eats all the fancy pants food, but what I know is words come to mind that I don't know how to use properly, but I'm going to assume that they fit this situation. One of them is delightful. Another could be delectable. Y'all it was, Ooh, Ooh, here's one exquisite. It was exquisite. True story. (laughs) That was ridiculous. Like it made my eyes roll back in my head. I'm not joking. Some of that ice cream and you get it on this cookie. It's still baking. It's still cooking. It's still baking. Like it was super soft. You got ice cream and like this mushy cookie that's like crusty on the outside, but gooey on the inside. Oh my God. Okay. I didn't even quit talking about that. I'm getting too excited. Anyway, that was awesome. This dinner was awesome at La China. And this is one of those things, you know, you can call and make reservations. You don't have to stay at the Crescent. Say, say you're like, you know what? I'm, I'm kind of like you most of the time. 
Justin, you know, I'm I'm kicking it eighty, ninety dollars a night somewhere. I can't afford the the big expensive fancy stays, right? I get that. Go stay somewhere else and just come up for dinner and pay for a nice dinner. Cause y'all, whew, damn, that was insane. Anyway, this is not the end of day one yet, but I am at 32 minutes, which means I am at the break for tonight's show. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna go to break and we're gonna come back and pick up with the ghost tours. The Crescent Ghost Tours, because that was next on the agenda. Had a nice dinner. Go back to the room. Reset. Take some notes. Go through my pictures. Call some stuff. Kind of work as I go, right? Like, this is a working, like, weekend. A working weekend. So I do some of that. Get myself reset and show back up at 10 o'clock for a ghost tour, which the Crescent is famous for. We're going to talk about that as soon as we come back from the break. And we will go through the next couple of days before we end tonight's episode. I will catch you guys on the other side. What is up, all of you wayward souls? I want to tell you guys about our newest sponsor, Bendetti Optics, a brand based right here in the good old U.S. of A., Portland, Oregon, to be exact. And I bought my first pair of Bendetti sunglasses about a year and a half ago and fell in love with them so much so that I got online and ordered a couple of more pair. And when I did, there was a small shipping snafu, an order fulfillment snafu, and I got on the phone, gave them a call, and guess what? I get a call back from who? One of the big men themselves right there in Portland, from the top of the chain have a great conversation and we end up starting this great relationship we have they more than made right the little snafu that occurred and i am now a huge proponent of them because i can tell you from personal experience they are good people and they're trying to compete with the big boys out there coming in at a price point of about 40 dollars, but using the exact same frame material tr90 and the same polarization process as the big guys as it turns out something i think we are already probably new in our hearts when you buy big name sunglasses you're buying a big name not necessarily any more quality than you can get somewhere else like at bendetti optics they have 29 different styles they have multiple polarization options for whatever climate you happen to live in and they back it up with like this lifetime guarantee that if your dog eats your sunglasses it doesn't matter how you break them send it back in with a check to cover shipping and handling and you're golden you got a new pair on the way these guys are truly trying to do it right and they have this philosophy that a really good pair of sunglasses should not cost you so much that you are afraid to wear them and i think all of us outdoorsmen can relate to that so if you guys like me are very practical and like to get more bang for your buck and wear some great looking sunglasses check out bendettioptics.com that's b-e-n-d-e-t-t-i optics.com or you can go over to instagram slash optics and that i highly suggest whether you buy a pair or not just to check out the cutest pupper you will ever see modeling sunglasses once again, that's BendettiOptics.com. And make sure and let them know Wayward Stories sent you. And welcome back. Thank you guys for sticking around through the break. All right, we left off as we were about to make our way to the Crescent Ghost Tour. And specifically, the Expert Tour. Um, Those are different designations. There's one that goes off at 6.30, I believe it was. And it's, a, a I guess, I'm assuming a little bit less um, involved tour and then the expert tour kicks off at 10 and it lasts a little bit longer runs runs on until about 11 30 um and it's just a really great tour to check out guys whether you believe in the spookums or not you guys know me i'm a great enjoyer of the spookums but whether you believe in them or not this is a great tour to take because a great deal of it is the history 
of the hotel. Everything you're getting is history, as a matter of fact, with a few ghost stories attached to some of that history, some of the tales, some of the folklore of the Crescent Hotel attached to it. Um, really cool tour. We had a tour guide whose stage name was Ollie Board. Ha ha. He, um, well, he talked, we talked to him later on and he was telling me that, um, they, they, they have them choose a stage name. They can't use their real names. And he happens to also be a conductor slash tour guide on the ES, um, and NA, the Eureka Springs in North Arkansas. Yeah. ES and NA railway, which has got the little excursion trains, the scenic excursion trains that go in and out of Eureka Springs. So he went with Ollie board and anyway, Ollie board, if you're out there listening, if you happen to check out this episode, Sir, I enjoyed the heck out of your tour. You were an incredible, very well-versed interpreter, and that is not an easy gig. I am well aware of that, as I am trying to learn to be one myself. And you did an excellent job for an hour and a half. That is no small feat. But anyway, Ollie Board was an excellent tour guide, which all of the ones we ran into over the course of this whole weekend were amazing. Everyone there is really good. The history is really fascinating, and it comes to life for you, man. That's the thing. You know why I love history. We've talked about this why I'm working on a degree in anthropology so I can go out there and hopefully be a historical interpreter. Why do I love interp? Because history does matter. It's really important. It actually is really important. A lot of people don't believe that, but I promise you it is. And the only way to make it interesting to people is make it relevant, make it come to life for people. You know what I mean? And they all are really, really good at doing that, making it real to you. And you're right there in the setting, which makes it all the better. But anyway, the ghost tour was awesome. Great time. And I'm not going to, you know what? I'm actually going to save some of that ghost tour for possibly our spooky season episode come October, a few months from now. What, six, eight months from now? I'm thinking I'm going to save a decent part of that for the um, spooky season episode of Wayward Stories because I'm, I'm just going to say this. There was some something interesting that happened. There was something quite interesting that happened. Um, with photographic evidence to go along with it. And it was quite fascinating. I'm thinking a return trip to Eureka is in order, you know, probably on my own dime, but to do some of the other haunted ghost tours that are in town, because there are several, there's some that go through downtown. There's a lot of little things that go on in Eureka, something you guys need to know, something you could go do. The only reason we didn't go do it, ran out of time, just didn't have time to finish it um, and get everything in. But there are some other haunted ghost tours and I'm thinking I'm going to go back on my own dime and, uh, do a few more of those things, and that might just be our spooky season episode. So I'm going to leave that little tidbit about my experience with the ghost tour out. But what I will tell you about my experience is that it was a great time. Ollie Board was an excellent tour guide. Enjoyed the heck out of him. And so much so. I mean, they take you through all through the hotel, okay? You're going through all the floors. They're telling some of the the stories, the ghost stories associated with some very, very significant, prominent figures attached to the Crescent and Eureka Springs throughout history. And then you go into the basement where you learn all about Norman Baker, who was a charlatan of the first class. I mean, of the first order. He was a piece of crap and incredibly like like he was a piece of crap. Okay, and that's me keeping it toned down for the kids. Because we try to keep this show fairly PG. He was a pile of stinky dung being circled by flies. 
Okay. It was, he was a horrible man, but he bought the Crescent when it was down on its luck at a time in its history and turned it into a cancer curable hospital and basically did horrible experiments on people and sold them snake oil, um, and fleeced his patients and their families for everything he could get out of them. He was a total tool. He was a total tool, but he did it right there in the Crescent and down there in the basement is where the morgue was. And I don't know some of you that are up on it. I know you, Rob, up there in in Mizzou, one of my 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 good listeners that stays in contact with me, which I appreciate the heck out of. Love you, dude. He was telling me some time back about a discovery that was made in 2019. And I'd heard little bits and pieces of it living here in Arkansas. Like I had caught wind of it, but never looked into it. And he brought it back to my attention and I got to experience it firsthand over this last weekend. And it's where one of the gardeners there at the Crescent was doing some work out there in the dirt and stumbled into a midden. Now the midden, a midden is an ex is a archeological term for basically a trash heap. Okay. There are native American middens. There's colonialist middens, like anywhere that people have lived before there were landfills, it's called a midden now. When you dig it up and it's historical, it's a midden. And so a midden was found and it happened to be Norman Baker's midden. And it happened to be filled with tons of specimens of human tissue still in the fluids they were sealed in in the bottles. University of Arkansas sent a team down. They run a test pit. They got some stuff out. They made some assessments. The, the, the hotel itself has many of those examples now extant down in the morgue for you to see on the ghost tour. And it's a little bit disconcerting, but not really. There's nothing in there. that like looks like a piece of a human body that's going to flip you out, but it is human tissue and issue. So it's, it's a little macabre or macabre. I had to look into that sometime back cause I wasn't sure how to pronounce it. I'd always heard it macabre. Apparently both ways are correct. Just for your information. It's not macabre. I can tell you it ain't macabre, Ethel, but it is macabre or macabre, and either is acceptable use of the word. But it is quite macabre, and that's really fascinating. Just a great tour. And as far as Ollie Board goes, sat there after the tour and talked to him for a few minutes and went up so he could clock out, and we sat there in the lobby of the Crescent, petting the, the Crescent's um, resident kitty cat and talking. And he told us all kinds of stories. He was such a great dude. Such a great dude. Had such a great time talking to him. Talked to him till 1.30. Okay, the tour ended about 11.30. Went about 10 to about 11.30. And sat there and talked to him in the lobby of the Crescent till about 1.30. And that was awesome. That was a great night. That was a highly enjoyable night, y'all. It's, yeah, this is, this is an experience. I'm just telling you. The Crescent itself is an experience. But that was the end of day one. Now, day two... Started off interesting, okay, for the old wayward son. Day two was an interesting experience. I'm not really a spa-going kind of guy, you know? I'm not. But that was a part of the collaboration. Using all of the facilities, all of the services that the Crescent had to offer. So bright and early, 9 a.m., I was at the New Moon Spa getting ready to get rubbed down, okay? And that was an experience, okay? For me, because I mean, I'm, I'm just not a bougie kind of guy, but I mean, I'm all for it. It was awesome. And I'm here to tell you, it was awesome. Holy crap. You go in there and you're like, you know, it's super high class. It's first class, y'all. It's first class. They're like, here's your robe. Go and, you know, take care of your bit. They get you set up. I go in there. I had this thing called a, a stress fix relaxation massage. And let me tell you something, y'all. It was a whole thing. I've got a cat right now. It's about to drive me insane. 
she is very unhappy that I've been gone for three days. Um, and she is trying to wreck our recording tonight. So if you hear a bunch of noise in the background, listen, I've already had a few breakdowns with this cat that you didn't get to see because of the magic podcast editing. We're about to have to just go with it and all of her BS because I don't know how to get her to stop. Okay. If I lock her up in a room, she's just going to yell and you're going to hear it. And so maybe she'll just get bored with me not paying attention to her and move on. So sorry about that. The joys of recording in the home studio, right? Welcome to podcasting. It's not the same as uh, the uh, Paul Harvey of your granddaddy's past, right? Just ain't what it is anymore. Anyway, I had this stress fix, relaxation, massage thing, and it was a whole thing. It was a whole thing. It was an experience that I don't even really necessarily have words for, but it was glorious. I'll tell you, it was glorious. Oh, man, no. You're talking about sore after it's over with? Like, she worked me over. She worked me over. And, um, but God, you want to talk about relaxing? Holy cow. That was super cool. But then they're like, okay, here, you can go over to the, uh, the sauna, the, the, gosh, what was it? The infrared sauna. It's like a dry heat sauna. And you put on, they give you this robe to put on, right? And it's like, you just walk through, like, I guess this is the thing that happens in spas. I don't know. Never been to a spa, right? And you're just walking through there in a robe, feeling butt freaking naked, right? Walk, <laughs> you're in a robe, but you don't feel like you're clothed. Walking through the lobby and there's all these like dressed women in there. And you're like wandering through there in a robe. Like, no, this isn't awkward at all. Why do I feel like a creep right now? I don't know, but I can tell you it was awesome. The sauna was awesome. I guess that's the spa experience, and it was a cool experience. I enjoyed the heck out of it, and then I smelled like fresh, like a like a, like a, a spring day, I guess, when I was done. I don't know. I smelled of eucalyptus and like unicorns. It was interesting. It's very interesting. Actually, highly enjoyable. That was a part of it. Couldn't leave that out because that was a part of it, and it was pretty cool. You know, they told me to do it. I'm getting paid to do it. Why the heck not? So we did it. And there you go. That smelled like unicorn butts when we were done. Anyway, after that, I moved on and uh, went down for the next stop on my itinerary, which was actually to eat lunch underground at some point to go in with the theme of one of my articles I have in mind, which is the whole underworld to the underground idea. So I ate at the Mud Street Cafe. Mud Street Cafe is really cool. It's one of those. What's Mud Street mean? Well, that was one of the names that they kind of colloquially called um, the original street there. And I don't know if that was Spring Street or Main Street. I think it was Main Street. But anyway, around it, it got it got lovingly named Mud Street because of what we talked about earlier. Mudslides and rains and denuded mountains like y'all. Environmental impact is immediate and real. It really is. You just got to look at history and you can see all about it. But anyway, it became what they called Mud Street. And that was, you know, right about the time they decided we're going to have to build the streets up. And let that creek just run under the streets. So that's what they did. And the Mud Street Cafe is one of those original buildings that still has its main first floor intact underneath it. And they just happen to have a restaurant in it. So you can go in there and eat you a nice lunch. A good lunch. Heck of a good lunch. It's like American fare kind of lunch. And um, do it underground in a really, really chill setting, man. It's a chill place. It's a super cool vibe. Got a bar under there. Like It's just a super, super cool place. Very cool. And I'll tell you this. But I believe what was sampled was a good old fashioned American cheeseburger and a Reuben. And both of them were very excellent. And also they have hella cheesecake. Okay. Like, I don't know how else to word that. They just had some crazy hella cheesecake. And yeah, 
it's a really cool place. Check out Mud Street Cafe if you guys go into Eureka. It's, it's a part of the experience. Like, that's what this is all about, right? Go out there and get experiences. Live life. Accumulate experiences, not crap, right? Don't, don't accumulate material goods. Accumulate memories and experiences. Go out there and live. Like, you ain't going to sit on your deathbed and say, good God, I wish I had a couple of more cars right now. You're going to be like, God, I wish I had lived my life. You know? Like, get out there and live. Go collect experiences. But anyway, after I had my dinner or my lunch at the Mud Street Cafe, like I had to stay on itinerary, man. I had to kind of keep on things because, you know, I had stuff I had to knock off the list. So I went down to the Eureka Springs Historical Museum. And I'm going to tell you the address because I am a historian, right? Historian, anthropologist. It's what I love. And like any good historical society or historical museum, it is incredibly underwhelmingly appreciated. And it should be appreciated. So their address is 95 South Main Street. If you go to Eureka Springs, check out the History Museum. For the meager amount of $5 a head, you can take a tour through, and I can tell you this from experience now, because I know some of these things, an incredibly well-curated collection. An incredibly well-put-together collection. They have a really nice set of exhibits through that museum that very clearly line out the history of Eureka Springs and have some incredible items of interest. Like it's, it's not a joke y'all. It's a really, really well done little museum in an incredibly historic house. Let me see here. I've got some of their information here and I wanted to say that. Let's see. Yep. Located inside the historic 1889 Caliph house. It's a self-guided tour. You take yourself through it, goes in order, and it kind of shows you how Eureka Springs went from being the Native American healing springs to a boom city overnight and back to where it is today, which is a major tourist draw and a super chill place where everyone gets along. I'm telling you, all kinds roam all around Eureka Springs and everybody rubs elbows and smiles and gets along just freaking fine. Thank you very much. I'll be honest with you. It reminded me a whole hell of a lot about of San Francisco and the central coast out there in Cali. What did I tell you guys in some of those episodes about the three months I spent out there is one of the things I love the most is everyone's like just respectful of other people. Oh, you're a biker. Oh, you're a gearhead. Oh, you're a, a jock. Oh, you're a pothead. Like whatever. And everyone was just like, that's cool. And they all still hung out and went and bowled and got a beer together and hung out. Like there wasn't like clicks the way the rest of the world kind of has them, right? I thought that was awesome. People disrespected each other as humans and still had a good time together. There wasn't all these divisions that were drawing lines in the sand and people hating each other everywhere. That was just kind of the culture was chill. That's what Eureka Springs is like. It's a super cool place. It's a super cool place, guys. But anyway, go down and check out the History Museum if you go. Give them a look. They have some cool things that they do every year. One of them, which I think is super cool, is the Voices from Eureka's Silent City. And they do that in October on the weekends leading up to Halloween. And it's where you go take a walk through the cemetery. And they have actors, you know, local folks, dressed up as prominent citizens next to their grade, grave, telling you all about themselves. I think Fort Smith used to have a thing like that. It may have been called Tells from the Crypt. A lot of big cities have that, that have really old graveyards with a lot of prominent citizens. Those are super, super cool things to check out if you ever get the chance. And the Historical Society in Eureka puts one of those on every year around Halloween. Hey, there you go. Maybe I need to go do that, and that'll be my my uh, 
spooky season episode. That's one of the things I can add in there. Anyway, check out the historical museum there, the historical societies museum. It's a really, really cool, um, a really, really well done history museum. I know a lot of y'all aren't into the history like I am, but it's worth your time and it's definitely worth $5 to go and support them. Um, but after that, this is something you will love definitely for sure, which is the underground tour. Everyone loves the underground tour. And what the underground tour is, is basically you start at Basin Spring Park, which was one of the biggest springs there in town that kind of started it all. And you go on a big, long walking tour of downtown with these guides that are, I mean, they're experts, y'all. They're really good guides. I've been on some poorly guided tours in my life, and no one that I came across in the city of Eureka Springs was one of those. They were all well-versed really good at what they did. Our guide was named Jamie, which unfortunately was his last tour he was giving because he was moving on to other things, but he was a really, really good guide. And I'm sure they have some plenty of good ones to, to fill his shoes. But what do you do, man? You go in there, you take this tour. It starts out every damn day at four o'clock and you go on this big, long walking tour through the entire, you know, a big part of the downtown. And they point out the buildings. They tell you the history of the place, the history of the buildings, some of the famous people that have been there. They highlight some of the shops that are there currently and the owners that are there currently and just take you through the whole deal, man, show you everything. And then you get to go into the basement of one of the buildings, which is not the basement, as we mentioned before, but the first floor. And it is still much as it was originally, even with the storefront intact within reason. And you can walk all through there and see some of the old tunnels that line under the streets that were once the open air main street and just get a whole lot more history, man. It's so much history in Eureka. And, and if you, you combine like the ghost tour at the Crescent and you combine it with the underground walking tour and maybe a couple of the other things that I didn't even have time to get to go do, you will be well-versed in. I'm telling you guys, they bring it to life. It's fascinating stuff because you're walking there in it. You're getting to see all the things that are there with your own eyes and getting to hear about the people that were doing it right there where you're standing. And it just, it really makes it real. It's really, really cool. And the whole experience is in downtown Eureka, which is all in the National Register. And even if you're not into history, you want to talk about an ornate town, a Victorian, like I said, it's like walking into a movie set. Everything is detailed and everything is period specific. And it's super cool. It's just a super cool experience. But anyway, do that tour. And then here's the next thing you can do. Like you could just follow my itinerary, right? This is my itinerary. I had to work this stuff out. But here's what you can do. You can just follow my itinerary. And what I did that night, what we did is decided, you know what? Got to have dinner at the Sky Bar, right? Sky Bar is at the top of the Crescent Hotel. It's on the fourth floor, rather. And you set out on the patio, and look west across the Ozark mountains and valleys towards a setting sun. How does that sound? Crescent is on top of the highest mountain in the area. Y'all, that's why it was built there. It is the king of the hill, as it were. And at the top of the Crescent, some 50 feet in the air, up on top of the fourth floor, you're looking out to the west over the Ozarks at a setting sun. And it is an awesome experience. So what I suggest you do, here's what I did. You can only get drinks there or some uh, slices of pizza from the top of the crest where they make gourmet pizza. It's right across the hall. You can sit on the other patio and look east, but the sun doesn't set in the east, right? It rises in the east. So it's not quite the same experience. So what we decided to do was I'll go over there and order a pizza at 
top of the crest, and we will try one of these gourmet pizzas over at the Sky Bar, sitting on the deck at a table, enjoying even a drink. And y'all, I don't even drink anymore, but you know what? Had to try it, right? Had to try it. It was for science, not science. It was for journalism, but whatever we'll say is for science. I had to try it. I'd try it. And it was uh, rather tasty. But I had this pizza watching the sunset beneath the pergola and the hanging lit patio bulbs of the uh, sky bar and watched sunset and had, y'all, a friggin' incredible pizza. I've had some really good pizza in my life, okay? Like, I'm a dude, right? Pizza, I'm a connoisseur of pizza. I've had Chicago pizza in Chicago. I've had St. Louis-style pizza in St. Louis, okay? I've had New York-style pizza, not in New York, but in other places. It was pretty tasty. But anyway, I've had some really good pizza. Pizza by Stout, we used to talk about that. It used to be in Joplin on Rangeline Road before it, unfortunately, got wiped out by that tornado in, what was it, 2012, 2011, that took out most of Rangeline. Oh, my God, that was some pizza, y'all. I've had good pizza, is my point. And this pizza was right up there with the best of them. And it truly, sincerely was. Like, they had this, like, braided crust. It had, like, all these little crusty Parmesan things on it and God knows what else. And it was it was glorious. Like, it was so glorious. And sat there watching an awesome Ozark Mountain sunset. And it was a good one. There were some clouds in the sky, but just enough clouds. The kind of clouds that make a good sunset. Any of you out there that are photographers, you know what I'm talking about. There's a certain kind of cloud that makes a really damn good sunset. And we had some of those to watch and watch the, watch the oranges and the reds and the pinks and the fading into the blue while I'm eating one of the best pizzas I've had in several years and is definitely in the top of the list for best I've ever had at the top of the Crescent Hotel watching the sunset. And it was, um, it was an experience. Like I said, the Crescent is just like stepping into, stepping into an experience, guys. It's like stepping into an experience. It's like a different thing. You're like back in time. But all your amenities are there. It's super first class. Super first class. Everything about it was awesome. Everything about it was awesome. But that night, this is what I suggest you do. Go out there and watch that sunset. Get you one of those pizzas. Or even their calzone. I didn't actually try the calzone. And it's like almost world famous. Of course, everyone says that. And it's fun. But it's like actually really well known. Their calzone is apparently bomb. Didn't try the calzone. Just got, you know, the kind of pizza I wanted to get. But it was killer. Watch you a sunset with their calzone or a pizza, have some drinks there from the top of the crest or the sky bar itself. And then you can sit there and look at the stars, guys. You're in dark sky world up there in the Ozarks. Yeah, you're in Eureka. Yeah, there's some light pollution from the city. But you're way up on top of the highest mountain. You're at the top of the crescent and you're above some of that light pollution and far away from any really big cities. Y'all, there's a lot of dark sky and a lot of stuff to see up there. And you want to talk about a cool night, chilling, hanging out and letting that food settle into your tummy. And God, it was good pizza. God, it was good pizza. Um, And from there, I decided, you know, it was time to probably go to bed for the night because it was getting pretty late. Did some more exploring of the hotel. Wandered around, checked out a lot of the different floors, did some, you know, took a lot of pictures of things for multiple reasons. Some for the purpose of using for the articles, some for the purpose of using for my Instagram, some for the purpose of looking for ghosties in them, maybe. You know, who knows what you might see. Well, actually, I know what you might see, but you'll have to wait for our spooky season episode to find out, right? But anyway, great time. It was a great time. It was a great night. Went in, got some sleep. Anyway, woke up next morning and had the opportunity to have breakfast at the crystal dining room, which is something I was told is something you have to try 
something you have to do. And oh my God, y'all, it's like, oh my God, <laughs> I ate so damn much this weekend and it was all so good, but I ate so damn much. My tummy still hurts. I've been digesting food for three days. My tummy still hurts because I ate so much. It was so good. Anyway, I was like, got like a little short stack of pancakes. Well, it was the size of like a 12 inch skillet both the pancakes like I couldn't eat a quarter of it and they brought out like me some eggs out you know eggs over easy and some toast to, to sop up the yellow in oh my god oh my god anyway breakfast at crystal dining room is awesome they have like a continental style breakfast going as well but you can kind of get whatever the heck you want you go over there and everything is fresh everything is uh, anyway around it it was good food again I told you guys it's going to sound like a paid advertisement swear to god it's not however crescent get at me if you want to pay me for this episode, we can work it out. But as it stands, it's not paid for, right? I'm just telling you that it was an awesome experience. But when I had my last two things that I had to do um, for the day, and that was it. It's time to come home after that because I had a lot of work to do. I got 700 pictures to sift through, give or take. There's more than 700, but roughly 700 pictures. Nice round ballpark number, right? 700 pictures to go through. For four articles that I'm maybe going to use a dozen and a half, 18 to 24 pictures for, right? You got to take a lot of pictures because that's how you get good photos to choose from. I got 700 pictures to go through. I got a podcast to record, which we're working on right now, but I also have to edit it, which I'll be working on in approximately 15 or 20 minutes as my dinner cooks. And, you know, like I said, life by the wire, man. Life by the skin of my teeth, seat of my pants. I guess this is how I like it. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, had a couple of things left that needed to be done while I was in Eureka so that I could make sure and have enough stops to put into my adventures for my Sherpa articles. And what I chose to do on my final day was very first day, very first ride of the season on the Eureka Springs in North Arkansas scenic excursion train. And y'all, that's just really cool. You are riding in... I think it was like a 19th to what I was in. I didn't get to do the, uh, the dinner or the lunch, um, excursion train. Um, I don't know if that was up and running yet. These may have just been the regular shorter rides, but I'm riding in like a 1926 rock Island built sleeper car that was converted into, um, no, no, no commuter passenger car and, uh, being pushed around like a little tuggy diesel engine and, and rolling down grade 3% grade for several miles to a junction and a Y and then pulled back up. But you're running alongside Leatherwood Creek. You're running alongside the very Creek that runs a lot of the water that comes out of the Springs that are what Eureka spring is named after. And it's gorgeous. Cause you're in those Ozark mountains running along a crystal quick, clear Creek riding in a passenger train from back in the day on rails that were laid in the 1880s by the Frisco railroad. That's really what boomed Eureka, what made it what it is. They were the ones pulling those tank cars of Eureka Springs healing waters out there to market for the rest of the world and what they were bringing all of those people and tourists into the Crescent Hotel and to the Basin Park Hotel later and to all the places in Eureka. Like that's where Eureka is. It's the railroad, guys. It built America, right? The railroads built America. And the Frisco helped build Eureka Springs, including the Crescent Hotel. And you're riding from the depot, the second iteration of the depot, which is still old as hell and beautiful, built of native limestone from the area. First structure was wooden. Wooden structures rarely exist for very long. This is one of the original 
depots and it's been standing there for freaking ever and it's an awesome awesome place it's an awesome place and it's a neat little ride riding in that car getting to go along the creek check out everything along the way they've got a ton of historical like train cars that are set aside you can go and explore take pictures of there's a whole lot to do there and there's you know photo opportunities galore because you got this old passenger car and you know an engine diesel engine parked up next to and idling next to an original depot from the Frisco Railroad. Well, actually, no, that was built by the E at the whale crap who took over after the Frisco. Okay, I will butcher that. I don't remember all that history. It was the local rail line that took over and made it a thing after the Frisco pulled out and sold it off. And um, it's their depot. It's all period. Guys, that's the point. Is this all period? And if you love trains, I love trains and I love history. If you love trains and history, and there's a lot of y'all out there that love trains like me, go up there and take a ride on this thing. It's going to take you an hour of your day. If you can book and get on the dinner train or the lunch train, it's going to be more like an hour and a half and you're going to get a little bit longer ride into a little bit more territory than you actually get to see on the excursion I took. But we were the first ride on the first day of the new season for 2023 and it was cool. Our conductor did never get his name actually did a great job. He was awesome with his storytelling. You get a lot of cool stories and even a couple of ghost stories. Eureka Springs all about their ghosts and their history and y'all it's really cool. It's a really cool experience. It's so right up my alley. Thank God. How long have y'all, how many of y'all been around from the beginning? You know me by this point, right up my alley. Super cool experience. Go out there and check them out. Give them a little bit of your money and help them keep that thing running and reinvesting some capital into the infrastructure so they can get more done. They've, they've worked something out where they're going to try to get it taken further down the line and some more trackage rebuilt that has been torn up for many, many years to a tunnel eventually. But got to have some booming seasons to have some money to invest, don't they? So get out there and check them out. It was super, super cool. And finally, one of the last things I did for the whole trip was I wanted to get some ice cream because I needed some stuff. Guys, there's a lot of creameries. There's a lot of ice cream shops in Eureka Springs. And so I went to Colossal Ice Cream because it's actually located right next to a parking lot. Okay, here's one of those things. If you stay at the Crescent, there's a lot of places for you to stay, guys. But if you stay at the Crescent, you get like their little resort pass. They have parking dedicated for Crescent um, residents for however long you're staying there. And you get a little parking pass. And they've got downtown parking that's like exclusive for you to use. That gets you like right close to downtown where you can just go walking in downtown. Like parking everywhere else is, is paid. You have to pay for it everywhere else. But if you stay at the Crescent, you can go park in their little parking lot. That's just a hop, skip, and a jump away from walking throughout all of downtown. So I had the opportunity to do that. Well, right there adjacent to their parking lot is Colossal Ice Cream. And I was like, you know what? This is as good a place as any because I need to get the heck out of town, right? I got to get home. Got a lot of stuff to work on. So I was like, I need to get like a little ice cream shop because that's one whole new stop. That's not like a food place that I can work into my adventures for the articles. You know, it's just a good one-off. It's a good fun one-off that you can work into a bunch of different themes. And y'all, yeah, Colossal Ice Cream was a super awesome place. They had super awesome ice cream and they had cupcakes. Oh my God, I bought one. Again, had to take one for the team, right? Like this is for the integrity of journalism. I had to try this cupcake. So I got ice cream and I took the cupcake with me. And we enjoyed that cupcake so thoroughly. It was like a red velvet cupcake with like buttercream icing and like some red velvet sprinklies on top. And it was heavenly. I've got a sweet tooth for the reals. Like the worst kind. 
Like I have to restrain myself most of the time significantly. Oh my God, that cupcake. So Colossal Ice Cream, super cool, super cool place. It's a neat little place to get some ice cream, sit on the side of the road and watch the cars go passing by and walk around in downtown. It was a cool trip, guys. In the end, it was a cool trip. We've run on our hours. So let's go about wrapping this up. In the end, synopsis overview. This is not necessarily, well, I mean, I guess it is. This is totally a Wayward Son story, is it not? Yeah, usually my stories involve kayaking or hiking or biking or something exploring, you know, up in the mountains looking for abandoned gold mines. God, yeah, my stories usually are things like that. They are. This one's a little bit more bougie, but you know what? Everyone needs a little bougie in their life, don't they? Everyone needs a little pampering, don't they? I had a good time. This is a part of the evolution of the old wayward son. I've been trying to get paid to write articles and tell stories for like four years. And this is a heck of a good step. This is a nice piece of freelance that came my way. It's part of my story. So it's a part of my wandering and my wondering, is it not? So there you have it. And you guys need to consider Eureka Springs for a good time. Let me give you some pro tips real quick. Let's wrap up this episode with some pro tips. Stay somewhere like the Crescent. It's a good idea where you can get access to some exclusive parking with a parking pass. Because let me tell you something, one of the things about Eureka Springs being 100 billion years old, being built on the side of a damn mountain, and all of that entails, all of the topographical challenges that entails means that their street grid is like somebody threw spaghetti at a wall and said, there, build that. Boom. That's the street plan. That's the layout of Eureka Springs. There are switchbacks aplenty, unlike roads that are more or less one lane, most of them, and some of them literally feels like you're driving to heaven. You are looking straight at the sky. You cannot see the road that's underneath you. And when you finally hit the street, you need to turn on. You're like, am I going to tip over backwards? Like there are grades that are so, so severe that I was like, actually like, God, you could get yourself into some serious trouble coming up one of these grades. If you met a car coming the other way, it's a whole thing. Pro tip, Drive as little as possible in Eureka Springs. It's worth whatever it costs you to not drive in that damn town. It's an awesome place. Don't drive in downtown. Get to where you're going, wherever you're staying, and take the trolleys. Take the shuttles. Pay for what the hell ever is coming your way or what you can do. Pay for parking there and just take the shuttles, the trolleys. Walk yourself down there. And a lot of you won't want to do a lot of walking because it's steep grades again. It's like walking around San Francisco. Y'all had delivered packages for three solid freaking months out in San Fran. Like my butt was to die for for a little while there. My legs, my calves, Jesus, it will kill you. And if you're not in really good shape, it'll wear you the heck out. You might not have a super good time in Eureka Springs if you're not in decent shape and you decide to walk at all. So utilize the trolleys utilize the shuttles of possibly if you stay at the crest, the basin park, if you stay wherever, if they have a shuttle service, use it, take the time, utilize it, use it, stay out of the streets, especially on big weekends. Like this weekend, the spring fling was going, it was insanity downtown drove down there once or twice, just out of necessity. It was like, this is BS, man. I ain't about this. Streets are hard to navigate. Google maps doesn't know it's butt from a hole in the ground in Eureka. It's a whole thing utilize the services that are there and available and do a lot of walking once you're downtown pro tip bring a camera take a ton of pictures because you're gonna love them y'all this is one of the most picturesque places you'll ever see just like they said 
It's like America's little Switzerland. If you ever get online and look at pictures of Switzerland and the mountains and the trees and the greenery and the and the buildings, like the way that they work with the landscape, the way everything is kind of built together. Oh, my gosh. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. But go prepared that the streets are not easy to navigate. Google Maps doesn't know what the hell's going on there. And it's super tight. There's a lot of people, like a lot of people, and you will do well to listen to my advice and just stay the heck out of a car downtown. Let someone else drive you or walk your butt around. Other than that, y'all just get out there. Go have a good time. Jump in on the tours like the Crescent Ghost Tour. You don't have to stay at the Crescent to use it. You don't have to stay at the Crescent to experience it. You just have to pay for it. Get online. Check out all the different tours that are available and sign up for some of those. Go out and check them out. Learn a lot of history. Suspend your disbelief for five minutes and hear some fun stories about ghosts that they like to talk about there in their town. Just get out and explore. And for those of you that come to Wayward Stories for hiking and paddling and those kinds of adventures, there's plenty of that too. Like there's hiking trails everywhere near Eureka. Y'all, it's in still in the middle of the Ozark Mountains, right? It's up there close to Missouri border. It's close to Beaver Lake. There's stuff everywhere for you to do. Mountain bike, hike, explore, pictures, fishing, you name it. For you guys that want to get out there and have those kind of adventures, it's there to do. You just have to go do it. That just wasn't my weekend this time around because somebody decided they wanted to pay me to talk about the many amenities of their resort and spa. Thus I did. Thus have I spoken about it. And I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Anyway, let's wrap it up now. I hope I'll see you guys again in a couple of weeks when we will talk about I don't know what yet, but we'll find out by the time we get there. We'll figure it out. Until then, I hope you guys will like and subscribe. If you want to find out anything about the old wavered son here, and what we have going on over here in all of our projects, go check out www.waywardstories.com. If you would like to get in touch, I would love to hear from you. Mywaywardstory at gmail.com. I answer and respond to every email I get personally as soon as I can. And I appreciate every one of you who takes the time to get in touch. Or you can send me a message on Instagram, Facebook. You can find all of those links over at waywardstories.com. And other than that, guys, get out there and have some fun. Go explore the world a little bit. Get off your tuchus and do something. And until I see you guys again, you guys be good to each other.